Hello, my loves, and welcome to the Purposeful Lifestyle Development Podcast, where we discuss all things thought work and manifestation, but we use neuroscience and the study of the brain to do so. I'm your host, Tessa Spizak. I'm a board-certified practitioner, master life and health coach, and seasoned executive speaker. If you're ready to create your highest value lifestyle and turn your dream life into a reality, you're in the right place. Let's get right into today's episode. Hello, hello, my loves. As always, I want to start by thanking you for joining me here on the Purposeful Lifestyle Development Podcast for today's session of lifestyle development. Now, if you've been feeling like you've been just stuck in a rut, maybe like you can't get those creative juices flowing, or you really just need a new source of inspiration to keep your game up, this session is for you. As you know, this season, we're talking all about some of the most frequent questions that I get in either my one-on-one coaching or in those group sessions. And you guys, there must be something in the air because we are all feeling it, myself included. So that's why today I really wanted to share with you my five steps, the tried and true ways how I get not only my clients, but also myself out of a creative rut, and how you can do the same. There's nothing better than that sudden burst of inspiration. You know when you just get those aha moments? Think something like those good shower thoughts. Why do the best ideas tend to come to you in the shower or something like that, especially after a long day as you're settling down? Well, Simply put, it's because your subconscious brain is always on the go. And when you stop, change your focus, you know, like in the example of taking a shower, it's soothing and calming. You don't have anything to distract you. You don't have your phone or the TV or a snack. You're very present with yourself and your body. You know, just looking at you, lather, wash, it really does give space to allow for those ideas to actually flow into you. So that brings me to step one. My friends, you've got to create space for those creative juices to actually get flowing and to allow your mind to actually give you the answer when you're asking. Maybe that's meditation, right? The top way, of course, is sitting there again, getting comfortable, letting your mind becomes still and see what comes in. Or for me, as a lot of you guys know, it's taking a walk out in nature. When I'm just looking at my surroundings and focusing on the real world, I'm not bothered by things that are on the outside, right? I'm not bothered by any nuisance in my life, any frustration, anything I need to get through. I'm just living. So let's my creative juices get turned up a notch. Maybe think of something like taking a drive through that really pretty or interesting part of your city. Because think about it this way. If you're sitting at your desk, you're trying to get creative, trying to tap into that side of you, you're getting a little stressed out, and your brain is sitting there thinking, like, come on, think of something. You've got to do something. Why can't I get it? What's the answer? Hello, come in. Well, you're so dang busy thinking about all of that and trying to get the right answer Basically, you just don't hush long enough for it to come in, for you to be able to hear yourself. So 
being able to be and allowing yourself to be present in a moment, it's just like that shower thought. That's how you can start to tap into that creative place in your brain by essentially calming down the other piece. So what is that for you? How can you create that space? Again, meditation is the best, such a fantastic way. Maybe it's walking out, getting getting into nature. Maybe again, going on that drive. Maybe getting lost in just a good book. What does that mean for you? Another really good step here is finding some new stimuli. Think of stimuli for what it actually is, something that stimulates the brain. Because the one thing that you can pretty much guarantee that will make you feel like you're in a rut is being in a rut. Now, I'm not talking about just routines because routines really do make our life run smoothly. And in today's society, with all of the moving pieces and responsibilities and needs of those around you, you've got work and school, maybe kids. Of course, we need some order, right? Some some flow to all of this. But what happens when managing all of that turns into a life where you're just going through the motions? That's always been such a scary thought to me. And I find myself getting really anxious or that finding that tightness in my chest when I fall into something like this, where the days or even the weeks are just passing you by. Have you ever been in a job that made you feel like that? Something we tend to call it something like a dead end job where you're just, again, going through the motions. Maybe you're feeling like that right now. It can feel like it's just an ongoing loop sometimes. You know, I was speaking to someone recently where they basically described their whole life as over and over and over of they're getting up and they're tired. They're rushed to get ready, rushed to get the family ready, take the same drive to the same place, do the same job, then get in the car, do the same route home, have the same frustrations at the dinner table, maybe knock off, watch the same show, go to bed and do it all over again. Now again, when that happens, when life falls into that repetitive loop, it's not your fault. It's kind of how our society is set up to tell you how to manage your day. You get a schedule, right? You get a routine. You got to stay busy. You got to do the thing. But if nothing changes, nothing will ever change. And there's always something you can do to change up your stimuli. I'm not talking some massive leaps and bounds here. Just change up what you're seeing. Think about what you can add that will just give you a little bit of good or excitement, maybe satisfaction, right? That's what we're all chasing here. And just thinking about it, planning for it alone can get your creative juices flowing, get your brain pumping out some of that good dopamine that gets you really excited for that bit of change. It's already working. So say you're someone listening right now and you've got to run a really tight ship, right? You don't have time to spare. You can't add anything immediately or maybe just the thought of changing your schedule all around to add a new task, anything, you just can't bear it. Well, don't worry. We're starting small. I think that's the most sustainable for anybody in any change they want to make is starting small and layering. So what can you do? Can you take a different route driving to where you need to go? Is the one that's maybe five minutes further, but a little prettier? If you have a nine to five and you really can't spare 
to change any of that time, what about your lunch break? Can you change it up from sitting in the break room to sitting outside and getting some vitamin D? What about something so small as putting on that outfit that you really like, even if it's a day that no one would see it? I mean, I say it all the time, putting on a simple pair of pants and putting on your favorite pants takes the same amount of time. Putting on a t-shirt and putting on that blouse or that top that makes you feel great takes just the same amount of time. You know, in the words of Mary Kondo, right? The one that brings you joy. You can totally nudge yourself out of a rut with these smaller things. Again, it's the sustainable way to do it and just keep adding and layering it on until you find yourself in that reality that you want. Think about it this way. We're being strategic. Say you normally relax and just scroll on your phone. Well, instead, when you're relaxing, why don't you sit with your journal? See what comes to mind. Or instead of doing that workout that you push yourself to do, but you don't really enjoy it, why not throwing on some headphones and dancing like no one's watching? Literally, make sure no one's watching and just let your body move in the way it wants to. Maybe reading a good book or painting instead of settling down in that same comfort and that same spot on the couch watching the same show that you always watch. Or what about, what is something that you did as a kid? Something that's just for funsies. It just felt good. If you were into sports, go kick a ball around. Were you a choir kid? Let it out. Go sing. You got to do something that uses that creative part of the brain and you'll start to see it light back up. And that moves me into step three. This one's a little different, but right along the same lines. It's non-time consuming and really can be so helpful in getting us out of that rut. And it's something that I work through my clients with all of the time, and it really does make a world of difference. I know it does in my life too. So what is deliberate association? It basically means that you're intentionally conditioning your own brain to associate the sense or emotion that you want with a certain activity, place, something, some stimuli. You may have heard of this one. Say you're having sleeping problems. Well, if that's the case, You want to stay the heck out of your bedroom unless it is to sleep. Quit working from your bed. Don't relax. Watch movies in your bed. Don't hang out. Why? Well, because you only want your brain to associate your bed with sleep. So if currently your brain sees this as a place where you need to focus or hang out or relax, it's not conducive to just sleep. You essentially want to condition yourself in a very... Pavlov style way that your bed is only for sleep so that you can essentially get tired when you go lay down, regardless if you felt that sleepiness before bedtime or not. It's pretty similar to how you break an ingrained habit because that's basically, in other words, part of what a creative rut is. It's a pattern of sticking within your comfort zone, sticking within one way of thought, You're looking to recreate the pattern, get back into the pattern of being in that creative state, being in that flow. So I know for me, as an example, as I'm putting together my notes for this podcast, I'm sitting in my little day bed right behind the desk in my office. This is where I put all of my thoughts down and I have essentially conditioned my brain to associate this exact spot and this exact little comfy position for when I'm 
brainstorming and podcasting. This spot helps me get creative. Even if I feel like I can't get my thoughts together, if I come right here, it really does help my brain get into that place. And I never bring my phone with me, so I'm not bothered with, you know, let me check this or that, check my emails, I think I heard a text, because this is specific time for me. Or I use my upstairs patio. Those of you who follow me on social, you might see, I do a lot of my quick little coaching tidbits out there, but that's because I've conditioned myself and that little spot. After I have back-to-back sessions or maybe a big group training, I always give myself a minute outside to take a breather and really process everything that we all just talked about. I don't want to distract myself immediately and just call it a break, right? You know, I don't want to just go to my phone or go to email, distract with something else and not let myself flow into that creativity. I just let myself sit with everything we discovered. I was just in that creative situation. So I've tried to, and really gotten in the habit of using that momentum to keep it up, to keep, again, that creativity flowing, to make it a habit. Because as we always say, neurons that fire together, they wire together, honey. So the more you can get into that creative space, the more you can harness it, recognize what it feels like, you can start to create an easier way for your body to get there. You can thank your brain and your body for allowing that creative flow. Welcome that feeling back. Notice what put you there. And that's another really big one. What gives you that little nudge or that sensation of creativity or growth? Lean into that. Do more of that. And for number four, an actionable tool to tie everything together. Now, I want to say a little caveat. For some reason, myself included, this can feel so hard to start, especially when you're in a rut. But once you get things going, things get going. So thank you for Rob Dial for teaching me this one. It's the Pomodoro Technique. And It's called that because it started from such humble means back in the 1980s. It used a simple tomato-shaped kitchen timer, and that's what it's named for. Pomodoro technique is just Italian for tomato. But what you do is you break your time into segments. It's really a time management technique, but it gives you so much power, and I love it. So you have 25 minutes on of deep work, work on one thing. Then you get a five-minute break, followed by another 25-minute deep work session. And in these 25 minutes, you put all of your focus into anything you want. But it's only that thing. No distractions. And you could pick anything, even if it's just brainstorming, which is a really good one here. Doing a brain dump that you've got 25 minutes, nothing but you and a pen and a paper or you and your computer typing up on a document, just dumping everything. Then you can pick from one of those things to follow up in your next 25 minutes. Following that five minute break, you get the five minute breather time and then go into another 25 minutes. And that's how it works. After those two sets, you take a longer break in the middle, give yourself enough time to recharge, 
and then we go again. Two sets of 25 minutes with five minutes in between. And the theory behind it is that our brains can sense way too much of that overload when we're trying to sit down and think about the whole day or even the whole afternoon or just even an hour. But if it doesn't know what to expect from the end result, maybe again, we're trying to get into that creative flow, but it's been a while and you've been stressing about it. Give yourself just 25 minutes. And it feels pretty safe. It kind of gives your brain a bit of a chill pill because it's only 25 minutes and it's dedicated to one task at hand, one task that you've chosen. And people who swear by this technique will even claim that when done enough and practiced and done proactively, you can get nearly twice as much done. Think a full eight hours of work done in a four hour time period. Well, not even because we've got a couple breaks in between, but just by using this method, it's because it takes out the guesswork and it takes out that feeling of freeze or at least takes it down a notch because again, it's only 25 minutes. And when you force yourself to take those time breaks, it might feel like, okay, I'm tempted not to stop. Maybe I've finally got the creativity going and flowing. I don't want to stop, but What the research shows is if you take that break, even if you're risking not going into maybe that hyper-focused, creative, go all day, you're saving yourself from the potential and the risk of burnout. And if you think our energy raises throughout the day and it starts to fall, what this is doing is making sure that you're always working or doing what you want to do, trying to fulfill your task in that highest amount of energy. And then you take a break and not wasting time trying and trying to force, again, maybe that creativity to come or what would get you out of that rut. So finally, this brings me to tip number five. You've got to look inward and be comfortable having a conversation with you. Now, giving it as number five might feel a little backwards, especially if you're a coach yourself or a practitioner, because a lot of people are probably going to try to tell you to do that work first, but I'm willing to bet based on what I've seen in the people I work with and in my own growth myself, is that for a lot of people, you've already tried the inner work. You tried to start there. You tried to figure it all out. What's going on? Why are you feeling like this? Why are you feeling stuck or in a rut? What can you do? But then when you spend so much time digging and trying to deconstruct your brain, especially without the help of someone else, you can lead to that burnout again or in a whole nother layer and do it really, really quickly. I find myself having to remind people all the time that just because you're sitting down, because you're resting your body, it doesn't mean you're resting your mind as well. It doesn't mean that your brain isn't going a million miles a minute And that's not real rest. That does no one and nothing any good. So I want you to remember this part. If you can't seem to figure it out first, so be it. Let it go. Let go of any frustration or annoyance in your own self because you haven't figured it out yet. Because honey, that voice is just your ego. If you need to take a few steps and figure it out, that is much better than sitting on the thought and trying to examine it 92 ways to Sunday because you're uncomfortable not having it figured out. 
not knowing everything. So use the momentum instead. Do the things we talked about in this episode to give yourself some of that hindsight because we know hindsight can be 20-20 once we're on the other side. You can look back much easier than trying to guess. Is what caused me that burnout or that loss of my spark and my creativity? Maybe what things did did I do to get myself out of that rut? What worked best for me or what just stressed me out even more? And how can I stop this from happening again? What habits should I adopt or maybe what habits should I break? So running through them all are five tips for getting out of a rut, getting your creative juices flowing again is first, create the space for the answers to even come to you. Be able to quiet your mind enough to hear your own subconscious thought because the answer is probably there. Two, find and create new stimuli. Stimulate your brain, that creative piece of the brain. It can be the smallest changes that can really do you the best good. Third, create deliberate associations. That's you conditioning your brain instead of it being conditioned to whatever it might have been seeing the most of lately. This is where, again, the small change is nudging you in the right direction. Fourth, when you get stuck, do the Pomodoro technique. Give yourself, promise yourself 25 minutes to take some steps towards what you want to accomplish in life in a very controlled environment. It really will calm your brain down. And that momentum begets more momentum. So once you get going, you'll really see the magic start to happen. And finally, come back and do the inner work. See what threw you off, what helped to realign you. You can enlist in the help of someone that you trust, of a practitioner or a coach, and see what happened, how we can avoid that happening again, and how we can swing the pendulum in the other direction to get you really moving and creating in your best top efforts and your best top ability in a way that feels incredible and flowing and aligned to you. But all right, my loves, that's where I'll leave us today. I want to thank you so much for joining in on this conversation with me. And each week, every Monday, we're going to be posting a new episode going a little bit deeper into the conversation of what you can do to train your brain on purpose to really allow for the lifestyle that you want to live. Until next time, my loves, in the meantime, here's to your health and your happiness. (music) 